this is Monroe Stoll. I'm from Stowe, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. Start the cake! Let's go! Do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast, and home to three Cleveland Guardian All-Stars taking place right now. Major League Baseball All-Star Game. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening's live fire fun and frivolity show. If you would like to get in contact with me this evening, here's how you do that. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 13 minutes from now, he is the author of the Barbecue Bible. He is the host of the Primal Grill. I'm sorry, Primal Grill. Project Fire TV show on PBS, which is probably nearing the end of its run here because it's been going for many successive weeks since Memorial Day, I believe. Also an author of many other live fire cooking books. I say the most prolific live fire author to date that we have ever seen and a world traveler. And you find him right here on the third Tuesday of every month leading off the interview segments. None other than my pal and your pal, Stephen Reichland, but mostly my pal. Tonight, Stephen and I will talk about, well, we're going to lead off with something that might offend him. But quite honestly, I'm the one that is now first offended. And my rebuttal back to him could cause some offendedness on his end. We could have two people that are on opposite ends of the fence here before we know it. And that's just to lead off the interview segment, and then we'll have to see where it goes from there. But needless to say, I am about to make a controversial proclamation at the beginning of Stephen's segment, and I can only imagine he is going to find it nothing less than a travesty, and I'll stop teasing right now. 35 past the hour. About a year ago, we had him on the show, and since 2018, or maybe a little bit before that, that was the first time he was on the show, we talked to the founder and creator of a brand of grills called M Grills, Travis McGee. A year ago, we were talking about manufacturing concerns, being able to meet the demand of the consumer as we're now coming out of the last two years of what have been record sales in the live fire industry for pretty much anything that has to do with cookers, related items, and fuels, and so forth. And Travis certainly fell into that, so we had talked about how he was trying to guard against that and expectations he was setting for the consumer and the to-be consumer alike. Things have changed in a year. We'll talk to Travis about the big change that happened a month or so ago. Maybe it's been two months now, but making sure he got all his loose ends tied up before he came on the show to talk about it in depth. And that'll close the first hour of the show. Then we'll move to the second hour because it is the third Tuesday. We know that brings a quarterly visit from one of three of my quarterly guests. And who is it this month? The creator of the hardcore carnivore brand and the writer of the JessPriles.com recipe and website, Jess Priles. Rejoins us. Are you following her on social media? She just 
did some huge overseas trip. It was, I think, affiliated with somebody where she was traveling the globe doing her best Stephen Reichland impression, cooking, but also eating and taking in some majestical places, some historic places, some places I've never even thought about going. I mean, who am I kidding? I'm not going out of the country ever, but even some of the places she went to, I was like, I'm I, I, you can go there? All right. I'm living vicariously through Jess's Instagram and Twitter accounts as she's posting where she's heading. So we'll talk about that particular item and event, how it all came together, the travel that she was required. and In the end, what the purpose was, what are you trying to educate those across the globe about live fire and specifically what Jess Priles was trying to bring across? She was also doing something with the Texas Wildlife Federation recently, and she just made a post a little while ago about being an MC or a host of the World Butcher Championships or the World Butcher Olympics, which is going to be happening in September. So I think she's already done that once or twice. COVID has messed around with that a little bit, but that's coming back. So if you're into Butcher Olympics or Butcher Championships, something you want to keep on the radar, follow her to get updates. And then closing it out this evening, first time guest, Arizona barbecue aficionado and rigorous backyard cook, Jonathan Jones joins the show. He is the founder of Smoke and Hope, his uh, barbecue foundation. So we'll learn all about that. We'll learn about his background in live fire, what he uses to cook, things he likes to cook. And what the current barbecue scene in Arizona is, Arizona used to be a, I can't believe I'm going to say this, used to be a hotbed of barbecue action, especially competition. It was hosting IBCs and KCBS. And Arizona was one of a very few number of states, Texas is different, that had its own sanctioning body. In fact, that was a very volatile sanctioning body and much like Texas had fractured into at least a couple different ones own rules, Arizona Barbecue Society, I think was one, and then there was a Champions Barbecue Society or something along these lines. Does the name Michael Reinman ring a bell to any of you? Come on, you got to know Mike. Uh One of the Arizona originals back in the day. That's going back decades for sure. So that's how we close it out tonight. Your show this evening, Stephen Reichland, Travis McGee, first hour, Jess Pryles, and Jonathan Jones, second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and the Snappers at BBQ Central Show. For a live video feed, you can go to Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. Also, one over on YouTube slash RD Rempe, where there is a now robust chat taking place. So if you want to chat with some other live fire enthusiasts that may have nothing to do with the show at all, just getting to know yourselves a little better, Go on over to the YouTube page, and again, that's slash R.D. Rempe. And, of course, we are streaming live audio over on the Clubhouse app as well. So let me start here this evening. I got a lot of mail in regards to the Weber Grills repairing slash warranty issue that I had mentioned about this time, the show last week. And I had no idea that so many of you had gone and repaired your grills and then were summarily denied some kind of remedy back from Weber the biggest thing I have ever run into in my owning now third Weber gas grill in my lifetime is having that electric clicky lighter igniter go out. And I've purchased a new electric ignition system. It's always been a Weber brand. I've never thought about buying another Weber igniter that may or may not fit on that grill. And maybe that's where my worry is, not necessarily consulting that some third-party brand might be cheaper and work just as well. I just never thought about buying anything else. Bought the Weber brand, replaced it. Again, never really thought about looking for something else from a manufacturer's standpoint. But evidently, some of you do, and that has been declined for reimbursement. So hopefully... Weber has gotten in touch with you and rectified that situation, but I was shocked to see how many of you buy parts for your Weber that aren't necessarily Weber parts. Of course, you learn something new every day. And again, remember, this isn't you doing something completely ridiculous in a modification sense of the grill, hence avoiding the warranty. This is 
more repair, replace, and then what are you using? And you cannot be mandated to use a Weber part in order to keep the warranty. And then, of course, lots of email coming in wondering if the meathead microphone situation has been fixed. Yes, I texted with him over the weekend. And while we have a month to reconnect and make sure that the real issue was the microphone or perhaps there was a setting that had gotten changed, we didn't want to wait it out. Meathead was ready and aggressive in his request to get this worked out. So that's all taken place. Had the same thing happened with Ted Conrad and then Larry Olmstead in successive interview segments, certainly I would have been much more concerned about an issue on my side, but never fear. It's all worked out. Put some checks and balances in place, so very excited to have Meathead on next month where we will talk about water pan myths. Before we get to Stephen Reichlin, let's talk about Oklahoma Joe's, a sponsor on its way out. Unfortunately, they just want to do a summer run, but that's okay. Happy to have them here on the show. Since the company's humble beginnings in 1987, Oklahoma Joe's has helped those who appreciate the process of craft smoking. We'll begin with Joe Davidson, a member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and a dozen of hand-built smokers at the Oklahoma State Fair over 30 years ago has now forged the Oklahoma Joe's brand that built some of the most trusted and sought-after smokers on the market. Oklahoma Joe's has a proud history of creating uncompromising smokers and grills with a carefully crafted design and the newest generation of the popular Rider Series pellet grills carries on that tradition. And I could go on and on about the 2.0 pit control system, the fire focus dual feedback, and the power feed system. But forget about that, because for the first time, I fired that bad bitch up to as high as it would go, because I had some sous vide steaks, and I wanted to see if that center portion on that sear heading uh, setting with the handle really gave me the searing heat that it says it did. What do we come to find out? 100%. What's the bigger benefit? Well, for all you kooks who are fancying themselves as competition steak cooks, you get those sear marks, which I don't really give a crap about. But the way this diamond center grate is, all you have to do is put the steak down on it. And if you like diamond sear marks, then all you have to do is turn it over. And now you have both sides with incredible diamond pattern sear marks. And again, we're talking 650 degrees direct access to the fire pot. It's beautiful. Is it the most fire and fuel efficient thing to do? Hell no. Is it fun? Hell yes. Check one out at one of the stores. Why don't you? OklahomaJoes.com. That's OklahomaJoes.com. We're going to do a bonus segment with some other folks from Oklahoma Joe's. That'll probably release next week. I'll tell you about next week's show at the top of the second hour. But it's OklahomaJoe's.com. Happy to have them on for the last three months and excited to work with them in the future. We'll be back with Stephen Reichlin right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show, presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control devices, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Central Lights, it is the third Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to do a segment with what I call the icon of the industry, a host of TV shows, the creator and host of the very popular Project Fire on PBS, a James Beard award-winning author, 
some of the most important books on barbecue and grilling within our time, perhaps ever. Let's go ahead and race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Stephen Reichland. Hey, Stephen. Hi, how are you? I am absolutely fabulous, Stephen. Appreciate you making time as you do each and every month. And I'm going to lead off this segment with this. As tasked by you during our sound check yesterday, I took in Tommy, the rock opera by legendary group The Who, which... Uh, admittedly a little before my time, but certainly I'm a fan of some of their music. Stephen, while I didn't believe this to be the case at any point before, I now firmly believe that you must hate my guts to no end because you purposefully had me listen to an hour and 15 minutes <laughs> that I can't get back from my wife over what had to be some of the worst music I've ever heard and now my 48 years of existence. So allow me to apologize for whatever I did that was wrong to you, for you to exact this kind of revenge on me. It must have been terrible. Maybe you heard I was best buddies with Jeffrey Epstein and Alan Dershowitz or something. That's not the case, but whatever it was... I do apologize. I just want to put that out there to you. I think by way of context, uh, I need to explain to your listeners why I had you do this. So uh, I'm uh, not using the fancy Barbecue Central microphone. We're sort of jury rigged something together with separate mic, separate headphones. Does it sound okay, by the way? I think it is coming through the computer, but it's, uh, it's doable. It's okay. Okay. Yep. It's doable. Anyway, so I kept saying to you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And uh, fans of The Who and of Tommy the Rock Opera will know the song, Tommy, can you hear me? Dun, da, 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 dun. And uh, so that is why I had you listen to it. I must confess, I was completely incredulous that someone who lives in the city that is the home of the, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was unfamiliar with Tommy. Uh, the rock opera by the who it's terrible uh, totally incredulous and so that is maybe your punishment but i'm hoping among <laughs> your listeners maybe meathead is out there he might be a little bit more my generation uh that you will write in you will flood uh, uh greg with uh email informing him that the who is classic it's worth listening to tommy's worth listening to and he is just not Given it enough thought and attention. I, uh, believe me, I sat here as I was prepping specifically for your segment, taking it all in and going, what am I missing here? There has to be something that is perhaps avant-garde or irreverent with this music that's just not hitting. Now, believe me, one of my most favorite songs of all time is Baba O'Reilly. It's uh, a great song, a little long. But it also has a big stronghold on me and my kids when they were growing up. And I was in forced retirement at the time. That was one of our favorite songs to just put on in the house and run around to. So, and I think Roger Daltrey is one of the best front men, has some, one of the best singing voices ever in the history of rock and roll. Pete Townsend, songwriting genius, uh, guitar playing genius. There's a lot of great things about The Who. Tommy has to be one of the worst things about The Who. There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet uh, many of your listeners, uh, particularly of my vintage, uh, would strongly disagree with you. It's actually a pretty terrible story. This poor kid yes. is uh, molested by his uncle, and then he winds up being deaf, blind, and mute. And, uh, you know, the narrator is trying to break through to him. It's a, sort of a, a, a Helen Keller story for, uh, for, for the boomer generation. But at any rate, let's talk barbecue. Question of the night to lead, and I didn't think we were going to start here tonight, but I ran into a bit of a dust-up on TikTok, so now I'm asking all my guests here this evening about it. Have you ever used or have you ever heard of anybody using mayo as a binder on beef, specifically brisket, but it could be beef? If so, uh, if you have uh, your thoughts or anybody that's talked to you about it, their uh, specific experience with it. I've never heard about it for beef, but uh, I have heard about it uh, spreading it on uh, fish that you grill uh, and even spreading it on a turkey breast that you smoke. In fact, in my book, BBQ USA, there's a smoked turkey breast from none other than Thomas Keller, the, 
legendary uh, Michelin three-star chef from the Napa Valley. Uh, I think the idea is that, you know, it's has a lot of oil, which helps keep the meat moist and acts as a lubricant, you know, if you're direct grilling, uh, or keep the fish moist. It's got a lemon juice, you know, which is certainly goes beautifully with fish. With brisket, never heard it. Uh, can't say I'm want to rush right out and try it, but I will make a confession, and that is that I do like mayonnaise on a roast beef sandwich, mm-hmm. on a brisket sandwich, and on hamburgers. And so, probably on a pit beef sandwich too, right? Yeah, yeah, but that's, you know, they would lynch me in Baltimore if I said that. So, well, I, I mean, it's horseradish sauce. So oh, it's yeah. mayonnaise, you know, it's horseradish sauce minus the horseradish. Uh, anyway, I will tell you a funny story with TikTok. I don't know if any of your listeners are uh, uh, TikTokers, but uh, we have an 11 year old staying with us this week who is a TikTok wunderkind. Oh. And he has increased my TikTok viewership by 25% in the last five days. Um, we've done a lot of uh, grilling for everybody, and uh, he's been doing the videos, editing them. So head on over to TikTok, check out Stephen Reichland at TikTok. I'd be love to know what you think of it. I think it's really professional. Uh, the kid is 11 years old, and I'm seeing you know a future Steven Spielberg. So, what do you think are the biggest things? I mean, if, if he's helped you increase 25 percent in less than yeah. a week now, is it mentioning yes. like uh, doing the ads is it hashtagging is it merely quality of video is it a collection of all of that i think it's probably mostly quality of video uh and you know we did an interesting experiment we did some uh non-talking videos sort of a little bit like the tasty style that you see so much on instagram and you know they got a few uh, thousand uh, views and then we did videos with me talking much like I do on TV um, and those you know 25 30,000 views uh, so on TikTok I guess people like to hear you talk that's not the case necessarily on Instagram mm-hmm. it's just really interesting no doubt really interesting no doubt about it and I, again I, I've said it before I'll say it again I commend you for really taking an interest in social media and then running with it and by the way, you're the one that is running those accounts. You're not necessarily just you know paying a team to get out there and write your posts in your voice. Uh, the person replying back or posting these is you. Uh, it's you know people want it's look it's if you think about think about life and think about the pastime. And when I started disseminating information it was books and magazines and newspapers and then for me i moved to television public television uh and then it was websites and blogs and video blogs and now it's social media and you know it's it's, it's no less revolutionary than when gutenberg invented movable type so you got to kind of keep up with um with the way we People are hungry for stories and information, and it's just how you get it across changes. Stephen Reichler joining us here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website. Of course, last month as we were leaving and we were talking about 4th of July, I had said, well, what if people have just had enough of cooking already, or maybe they don't want to put in the effort, or maybe they want to pass something off as their own because they're not great with the barbecue skills yet. You said, well... Uh, send them over to the planted barbecue line of stuff and, you know, you go through crowd cow, all that stuff. Let's talk a little bit more about the planted barbecue stuff. Originally, when it had launched, is it like a year and a half ago now? Or, uh, I mean, it's it seems mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. just a month ago, but uh, quite a bit of time has passed. And I believe this was a son or a son-in-law's uh, project along with you and somebody else. And it was ribs and maybe beans. Uh, but how has it grown over the last year plus? Uh, well, it's uh, growing very nicely, and it's evolving like an organic creature, which uh, in a sense all businesses are. Our initial products were uh, Texas-style brisket and Kansas City-style ribs. And then we developed some side dishes, including smoked baked beans that were actually cooked in a smoker, and uh, grilled cream corn. Uh, we most recently launched... Uh, three lines of artisanal sausages. There's a double smoked brisket sausage where the meat is ground up brisket point and then the sausage is uh, studded with burnt ends. 
So that's a pretty phenomenal piece of barbecue in a casing. Uh, there's a Brooklyn hot sausage that is perfumed with sage, hot chilies, and uh, mozzarella cheese. And uh, turkey fontina sausage is coming out. Uh, we're working on wings. Uh, we also, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, but we have uh, a pastrami bacon coming out in the next couple weeks. Um, that's already been shipped from our smokehouse. And what we did, you know, America's two favorite cured foods, right? Pastrami and, um, and bacon. And we, we put the pastrami rub and cure on a pork belly and to see what would happen. And wow, that's what happened. Well, I was going to ask you, I think we had done a segment a, a while back, uh, beef bacon. Um, and I was going to ask you if this mm -hmm. was a beef bacon pastrami thing or if it was uh, pork, but you're using pork belly. So obviously this yep. is pastrami spices on uh, pork belly. Yeah, it's a um, it's pastrami uh, brine first, okay, garlic rich brine, then the pastrami spices, which are primarily coriander and black pepper. Uh, but it's smoked in a smoker, you know, it's not steamed the way pastrami would be. So um, I think it's a, it's sui generis, you know, it's a pretty unique product, and I'm very excited about it. The Barbecue Bible is a book that people mention top two, three, four, as far as great references, books that inspired them to become better live fire cooks, better barbecue pit masters, whatever you want to call it. And uh, using social media, it appears you have developed a new club for those special devotees of the barbecue Bible. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty extraordinary club, and I didn't develop it. Uh, there, there was a couple of American expatriates who moved to Spain, and during lockdown, they made it their project to cook every single recipe in the Barbecue Bible. Now, that's something on the order of 537 recipes. And they wrote me, and we sort of became friends uh, via email. And they had this idea, let's create a club. They started telling their friends and their friends started buying the book and starting to cook their way through Barbecue Bible. Uh, next year is the book's 25th anniversary, if you can believe that. Uh, so uh, I think this club is a great way to kind of jump in, participate in, uh, uh, in Barbecue Bible. It was a book that certainly changed my life, uh, revolutionized my life, and I like to think that it helped revolutionize uh, grilling in America. Is there any idea how many people have cooked every recipe in the book? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we just started the club. I know Rob and Aileen have. I know I have. Uh, you know, uh, there's a Stephen Reichlin uh, fan page. I think it's called Stephen Reichlin's uh, Project Fire and Primal Grill. Uh, it's a great Facebook page, by the way. And I think probably a number of people uh, in that book have, uh, have, have attempted the task. You know, it's a, it's a commitment. It's a commitment of a couple of years to do that. But sure was fun to, uh, to meet this Spanish couple. As we talk about Barbecue Bible, it is quickly approaching a milestone age, quarter century, 25 years ago almost. Uh, that book will have been born and has you know spawned, as I had mentioned, uh, generations of barbecue pit masters or at least inspired them to become better what are your thoughts on approaching that milestone and is there anything that's planned to celebrate that it's a big deal yeah it is a big deal i mean particularly in publishing that a book that came out 25 years ago is still in print is that that doesn't happen very often um uh, and we will be, you know, uh, all of uh, 2023, there will be numerous uh, celebrations uh, for the book. I'm not sure what, uh, what they will be yet. You know, we're still six months off. I know that, you know, I'm working on a new TV series now called Stephen Reichland's Planet Barbecue, uh, where I'm traveling around the world, sort of repeating of the journey that, that launched the Barbecue Bible. And the companion book to that series will be the Barbecue Bible. <laughs> so um, I hope there's going to be a lot, you know, I hope to be a lot of fun. I hope some of your listeners take up the uh, 500 Club Challenge because we have awards for different levels. And even if you only cook 100 recipes, you still get some nice stuff. See, one last question before I let you go tonight and always appreciate the time. I had seen a blog post on barbecuebible.com. Uh, probably went pretty in-depth about uh, grilling lobster. I'm a big lobster fan. However, you can 
quickly ruin lobster. It's not very forgiving. It quickly becomes this rubbery uh, former shell of itself, no pun intended. So if somebody's <laughs> going to buy lobster, put out that expense, I mean, they're not super cheap. What are the best things to do uh, and the best ways to cook it live firewise to make sure that you're giving your belt, uh, you're giving yourself the best chance at success? Okay. Well, what I like to do uh, is I like to split the lobster through the belly and kind of butterfly it open. I crack the claws because they take a little longer to cook. Um, it's a direct grill first, uh, cut side up. No, I'm sorry, cut side down first and to brown the uh, flesh, then turn it cut side up, uh, baste it generously with melted butter. Ideally, you're grilling over wood or at least a wood enhanced charcoal fire so that you're infusing the, uh, the flesh with wood smoke. Um, it's pretty neat. We, you know, every year we do a beach barbecue out on uh, Martha's Vineyard. And if you follow my blog on barbecuebible.com, I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, it's coming up again in August. But um, it's a pretty neat way to cook lobster. Stephen Reichland is joining us as he does the third Tuesday of every month as we lead the show off. Any questions for him, find him over at barbecuebible.com or obviously follow him on his many social media platforms. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. The pleasure's mine. Grill on. There he is, Stephen Reichlin, right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. And the beach lobster grilling is going to be taking place very soon. So if you're around Martha's Vineyard, stop by and see how he actually does it in person. Maybe there'll be a little impromptu class. I mean, who knows what's going on, but... I've often thought about grilling lobster. The other problem is this. Much like I fail to find the genius in the rock opera Tommy by The Who, I don't fail to find The Who's genius, generally speaking, but I do in this case in Tommy. All of the women in the house fail to find the deliciousness in lobster in my house. My oldest. And she's me mediocre at best. But you overcook that thing, and she's definitely going to have the stank eye out. So want to make sure that you're doing it right. You don't want to overcook it. So some good tips there from Stephen. And again, if you go to barbecuebible.com, I think on the rotator up there with images, he's got the whole breakdown of how to grill it. So if you're interested in doing that, I think I might give it a try. Why not try it on that Oklahoma Joe's DLX pellet grill? Yeah, add a little wood smoke there. Is the pellet. Everybody's a winner. I see Travis McGee in the green room. We'll get to him here in just one second. Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself from the award-winning rubs and sauces. The American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers, has something for every outdoor cook. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition scene and in the backyards. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce because you're tired of what's existing out there, how about Granny's Barbecue Sauce? Great, all on its own. Then if you want to use it as a base sauce and tweak it out from there, you're more than welcome to do that. But you got to try it first. Granny's Barbecue Sauce, they own it. Aside from the premium rubs and sauces that they're retailing, they're also offering the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you are looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker, Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, you can give them a call and ask them. Here's what I like cooking on. What might I like? They'll give you suggestions. The number's 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or in the meantime, shop their website, see what all they have, and then ask your questions from there. The website, bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-Smokers.com. We are back with Travis McGee from Embrills right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. 
Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. We thank Stephen Reichland for joining us the last segment. Talking about our difference of opinion on Tommy's Rock Opera. And grilling lobster and so forth. This portion brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all of your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other items they are offering for sale. The good folks over at CookinPellets.com. Joining me now is the original founder and creator of the very popular line of M Grills. It was on about this time a year ago. We had a pretty insightful discussion on where business was, where manufacturing was, and the success his grill was seeing on the SCA circuit or the competitive steak circuit. Well, times have changed a bit for him and M Grills, and here to talk about it is none other than friend of the show, Travis McGee. So we race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline. And welcome back, Travis, to the show. Hey, Travis. Hey, how you doing, Greg? I am fabulous. And I'm ready to talk M-Grills and updates. But before we do that, I have a question I'm asking everybody, all guests, right out of the gate that has nothing to do with whatever I have planned for my guests, which is this. Have you ever used, or have you heard of anybody using, and then them giving you their feedback, mayo as a binder on beef, specifically brisket, but beef in general? No, never. Ever? Ever? Never, ever. Travis, and I've seen it a lot now, like on TikTok and stuff. But no, Travis, let's stop just for one second. Tap the microphone. Hmm. Can you do the the switcheroo thing in the settings like we talked about? Just in oh, case oh, this happened. Do it again. Yeah, it's weird. I might have to log out then. All right. That's weird. Every time, let me log out and I'll get back on. Sure. Okay, hold on. Let me get back. Got it. By the way, I did get an email from. Sean McNair, right here in Bellevue, Washington. Chori Pollo, how about that? Bellevue, Washington. This dish is sweeping the nation, the likes I have never seen. Sean McNair now has confirmation that, again, in Bellevue, Washington, if you're there, you can get Chori Pollo at whatever restaurant he was at. But it's now sweeping the nation. It's coast to coast. Chori Pollo uh, for the win. That much, I think that sounds better already. Am I back? Yeah, hundred percent back. Hear me now? Yes, yes, sir. Perfect. All right. So what I do we forgot know, to do the trick. What do we know about mayo? <laughs> mayo. I don't know. I've seen it lately. I, I I don't. I haven't tried it. I can't knock it until you try it. I've never seen it before. Does never. It, you know. I I don't know. Does, I don't know this Texas boy. I don't do mayo on brisket. So does the thought of having <laughs> your hands wrist deep in mayo as you're coating a brisket also turn you off a bit, or not necessarily? I mean, I don't see why you need it, you know, but I mean, if you're putting mustard on ribs and pork, maybe mayo on beef is some secret sauce. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. We are currently over two. I might have two. to give it a go. Over two. Stephen Reichland yeah. never, never even thought about even doing that. So uh, good, to, good to know. This is just <laughs> building my case for the big lambasting I'm going to give somebody top of the second hour, but that's neither here nor there as we're joined by Travis McGee from M Grills. M, the letter, mgrills.com, the website. And you can also find them over on the Twitter, which is mgrillstexas and Instagram, mgrills underscore Texas. So as I mentioned in the open, Travis, uh, things are very dynamic in the live fire business space these days. And has been for the past few years, specifically the large amount of buying and selling of companies within the space. And you are one of the latest to get involved with this. M Grills sells to a pretty big fabrication outfit out of Nebraska called Kinney Manufacturing. Were you actively looking to sell M Grills or were you approached? Not really looking to sell. Um, and that, just to kind of back up, just you know, 2021 was really crazy for us where we got to the point where sales were awesome. You know, we, we couldn't, uh, we, we couldn't build stuff fast enough. And then it got to the point to where raw materials being a small business, raw materials just, uh, 
got really crazy, especially stainless steel. Mm-hmm. It just got impossible to buy. Um, and you know, our, you know, the, just like everybody, we started raising our prices, but then, uh, we just started kind of, we don't have the capital power to buy big volume of material that we could just kind of sit on for a while and get us through this hump. So it first started where I was kind of looking for either partnering up with somebody or an investor opportunity. That's kind of where it all, that's, that's how it all kind of triggered. And uh, we were in talks with somebody, and then I had a discussion with uh, a, a friend of mine and another person the night before. Uh, and then that person called me up the next morning and says, we're interested. And it was initially to be possibly an investor, but they wanted to purchase the whole thing. And, um, and I figured, you know what, keeping it American made, which was big with me, big with my brand. It's everything I've been preaching since I started this brand, uh, very strong and American made products. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so with him, uh, kind of putting it out there and I felt like the brand needed to grow is to the point to where, you know, you're just kind of, you know, you, you want to grow as a, you know, with me, I, I want to grow this brand. And, um, I felt like it was in the better hands to make this decision and especially now that I am actually on board with the company. So I get to still work with the M Grills brand as a creative director, uh, along with some other brands that they're introducing into their, their portfolio. And um, that's just kind of how it all how it all happened. It's just 2021 was crazy. This pre-COVID, or I'm sorry, the post-COVID just really changed everything for us. Travis, uh, as far as you said you were part of the deal here, if I would have come to mm-hmm. you as a huge money bag company and said, hey, Travis, we're really big fans of M-Grills and we want to purchase, you know, we've heard through some little birdies that you might be open to some things, but we just want to purchase it outright. But the first thing that we're going to do is ship these things overseas. We're going to get a better margin in them. We're not necessarily going to say that they're not a USA build, but we're not going to say that they are, blah, blah, blah. But uh, we'll, we'll leave it murky at best. But just so you know, we're going to stroke you this big check and we're going to ship them off seas. Is that a deal killer or do you just have to think a little Absolutely. harder on That's uh, a deal killer. For me, that's a deal killer hmm. because I don't need to do this. Even though I, like when I started this brand, you know my history, my family history. My grandfather, my dad. Uh, we are in a you know fabrication, uh, manufacturing, you know, you know, machine shop industry. So, and one thing my dad has always said when I started the grill business out of McGee Machine and Manufacturing is uh, everything that we have to do on this grill has to be the most American-made content that we could possibly put on it, and you know because. Granted, there's some things you just have to buy that you just can't have made in America. You know, casters, for example, you just can't get American casters. So, uh, but everything else in that grill uh, that we are building in our shop, you know, it's all American content. And so, my dad, when he had those words with me, I hold that true to my heart, and I wouldn't just sell it off for money because, in you know, reality, you know. There's many of the things I had kind of lined up. If uh, if I had to walk away from this grill business, I was willing to do it if I had to. <laughs> uh, if I had, you know, I didn't want to go out of business, but the way everything was, I mean, it was it was getting crazy with the when you have sales, but you just can't get the material, and um, and then you're losing people. You know, we're a small crew, and then because of um, you know everybody's fighting for people. I don't yep. know, you know, how the rest of the world is, but especially in here in a DFW Metroplex, Dallas, uh, it's hard to keep uh, really good people because you got people, uh, so many companies out there fighting, they're paying, my gosh, really good money for some entry level people out there, you know, fabricating and such. And so, and I was losing guys to bigger paying jobs. And mm-hmm. while I'm, I'm so, I'm super happy for him. I mean, I'm, I'm, First one to tell him, man, it sucks, but congratulations. You <laughs> yep. know, I mean, for real. You know what? That's a wise move. Take it. But it sucks for me, but I'm happy for you. And so, uh, 
Um, and it was even hard to try to find people just to put nuts and bolts in grills, just to assemble and ship stuff out. Uh, you're starting to pay a lot just, you know, not cheap labor, but it's just to have some labor people and there's, it's impossible to find. So, uh, it was a struggle for us, you know, you just kind of, and you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, mm. you know, when this is mm. all taking place, it was, you know, then the whole Russia thing and everything, you know, it's just uh, so many is like, um, I just knew I had to make a change and I felt like this is the best time to do it. And, um, yeah. And I, I think, uh, when I, the people you know, who are behind Kenny manufacturing, sitting down talking with them, coming up there and meeting them, I could not be happier. I'm super excited. I know like the brand is in great hands. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, heck when I had the brand, it was, I, I was customer service, you know, <laughs> I mean, I was customer service. I was a marketing, I was, you know, I was doing everything except I've sometimes out there building grills or assembling grills or packing products to ship out. But, uh, you know, I mean, I had my, I was wearing too many hats. I was really, I was just all over the place and it was hard to find the right people to come in to, you know, to, to how to build. And, uh, so I just knew, you know, we have great products. The product line is a you know, um, uh, when I started this, you know, my, my background in, in the graphic design and, you know, marketing and such, you know, I was kind of really losing focus on that because I'm just spread too thin. But now that this is my primary, uh, job now is working with the brands to, you know, get back to what I really love doing. So I feel like I'm rejuvenated. Um, I'm excited. Um, and we're ready to take the brand to the next level. So as the deal gets put together, everybody agrees on everything. You're going to be staying on as the creative director. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But you also have uh, what sounded like a dwindling uh, employee count as well. So is that just a matter mm -hmm. of saying, hey, um, we've sold and go get other jobs because we're, we're closing down the operations here? Or was, how does that, that go? That was really tough. Yeah, it was really tough. and. Um, they first of all, the company uh, Kenny Manufacturing offered everybody a job. Unfortunately, you'd have to move to Nebraska, uh, and you know we're Dallas, Texas, so that was really tough. Uh, my lead man, who uh, like a lot of people out there in social media who who met us and been to the shop, um, Mitchell, he actually took a position with them, so he moved his family up to Nebraska, so. He is working with them, um, which is great. My other guy, so kind of rewind a little bit. Right before, um, about six months ago, my father sold his shop. So McGee, or M Grills was a brand of McGee Machine and Manufacturing. It was a product line that we made out of our family-owned machine shop. Well, my dad, my father sold his company about six months ago. And so that really kind of spurred everything because mm -hmm. while, you know, we were making the product line uh, out of the machine shop that it was, you know, sometimes when we weren't doing good, the machine shop's good. The machine shop's not good. We're doing very well. So we helped each other. And then it got to the point to when we were on our own and then we got hit with all this craziness of the materials that you just couldn't physically get. And that really kind of changed everything up for us. But yeah, you're in Texas still. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to stay, you were going to have to uh, relocate if you were a uh, labor fabricator, whatever uh, welder, which uh, some people did. Some people mm -hmm. didn't. If they would have said, Hey, Travis, uh, part of this deal is uh, you got to come to Nebraska too, or to no go. Do you go to Nebraska? I don't know. <laughs> well, my wife has a very my, my wife has a very good career here. Uh, you know, my kids are in school here, so that would be a tough decision. But just right off the bat, permission with them, and I can. You know, we we talked about I, I could work from home. It's all um, they're only out of state employee. Um, so that to me was like this is really just a uh, you know I prayed a lot about this, and it was uh, you know I feel like it was really prayers answered. So most importantly, from a consumer side, for prospective mm -hmm. buyers and for those that are already M Grill family members, what does it look like products-wise 
right now? Is it everything that you would normally offer? And is there growth and or new products looking to come down the pike now that Kenny's yeah. on top of this? So uh, we have the same product line going on. And right now they're in the process of the manufacturing, you know, so they're in a the process of, you know, the, the tooling they're, they're working on building. They are building some of the products. They started with the C4, then they moved to the M16. Um, they are working, we're working right now on the B2, the M1, the M36. That's the next uh, trifecta of the backyard grills. And then after that, we will be getting into the commercial line. So we are still going to bring out the commercial line of smokers. Um, and when I came on board right before, when I came on board with Kenny manufacturing, they did tell me about how, well, they just purchased a blazing grill works out of Nebraska, which is a pellet grill manufacturer, uh, very small and kind of like the same story as us. So <laughs> when they, when they acquired them, uh, I would oversee the creative uh, with the brand of the Blazon Grillworks. So we under the Blazon line, they have the two pellet lines. They have uh, the two pellet grills. They have a drum that they're about to launch. Um, what's another one? They have the drum, and we're about to come out with a pizza oven. Mm. And so the drum, pizza oven, and my gosh, or something else that it's just not coming to me. But, uh, so we are expanding on the lines. Um, we're just kind of covering everything, which I think is great, but it's all American made, very high quality. Um, you know, it's a, it, it's pretty exciting for me, actually. He is the now creative director over at, uh, M grills, but, uh, through all the lines now, uh, Kenny manufacturing is the, the parent and fabrication shop where all this is being done, uh, moved to Nebraska out of Texas. Uh, but Travis gets to stay in Texas, which is good for him. Uh, Travis, always appreciate the time here this evening. Appreciate the stories and Absolutely. the insights because I'm always anxious to hear about how business is being transacted yeah. in the industry that we love. Continued success, and we'll talk again soon. I appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is, Travis McGee, right there. All guests appear via the Talking Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. And that is exciting. And man, can you imagine going through the struggles that M Grills was going through? Can't get sales are flowing in, can't build, pricing can't get locked down. Uh, no guarantee that what you're even ordering is going to show up when they say it's going to show up. I mean, I get it. Trucks are in a similar situation. It just so happens those are built in Denton, Texas, but it doesn't matter where you're manufacturing anymore. It's still a crapshoot on how things are being delivered and how things are being built. So good for him. Great decision. The brand stays. He's now on to help creative on the Blaze and Grills side, which is the other brand that Kenny uh, buys as well. So anxious to see how that all pans out here over the next weeks, months, and years to come. That's Travis McGee. So I've been on this training with David McDowell. I talk to you about it each and every week. We're starting week three now. What have I come to find out a little bit about myself? Uh, you know what? Uh, eating a certain way, that can be hard. Some weeks I'm right on it. Other weeks works different so i eat different uh for instance today or late last week my wife's grandmother passes away there's a lot of things going on a lot of logistics going on not able to follow the the eating plan as i would want just because we're out a lot doing a bunch of stuff that all affects everything progress how you're trimming out how you're leaning out how you're bulking up how you're shredding up but he's right there every week. We go through the sheet, make this adjustment, make that adjustment. What can I do to help you get more consistent with this or adhere more to that? Let's put in these workouts instead of those workouts, changing up the menu. It's great. You got to try it. Again, it's 200 bucks a month. Are you not willing to invest in somebody that's also invested in trying to see you succeed? Not all the, not forever. He wants to eventually cut the tie with you but get you in the right mindset and the right lifestyle. DavidLeans.com. That's DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. It's 
to sign up right now. That's davidleans.com slash bbq. We're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. Thanks again to Travis McGee from M Grills joining me last night by talking about the sale of his company, the Kenny Manufacturing out of Nebraska, and how that all went down. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck. Fireboard fully integrated with both. You can find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. If you remember last week, Ted Conrad was on and he announced the new Analyze feature, which was a predictive thermometering now to tell you that within this period of time, whatever it is you're cooking is predicted to be finished, put in the set temperatures, the gold internal temperatures, and then through a bunch of math problems and other nerdy stuff that I would never understand. It's now able to give you an estimate pretty tightly, by the way, on when your pork butts or briskets or whatever you're measuring is going to be done. In fact, I thought Sunday into Monday I was going to be taking full advantage of testing that. That got changed. So if you've tried the new Analyze feature because you're a Fireboard owner, please shoot me an email. Let me know what you thought about it. How great is it? How accurate is it? Did you run into any problems? I want to know all of it. I'll pass it along to Ted. All right, so we thank my first hour guests, Stephen Reichlin and Travis McGee. Email coming in. From James and Phoenix, Greg, I own a fireboard, original like you, I have to say. In the beginning, I was skeptical at how well it would work because of how much more it was in price than the other items that I thought were comparable, but wow. I have never been happier with an accessory than I am with fireboard. I'm very excited to try the new Analyze feature to see how accurate the prediction portion is. It's great that I get the updates without having to buy the newest gear in order to reap those rewards. Love the show. Regards, James. James, thank you for writing it. Mark in Chicago also wrote in, Larry Olmsted had a great first interview. I read his Real Food, Fake Food book a few years ago, and it was a game changer for me. However, I had no idea that he has held no less than three different Guinness Book of World Records records. Have you had any other Guinness World Record holders on the show before, Greg? I bet not. Love the show. Regards, Mark. Mark, you're wrong. Much like Larry Olmsted has had no less than three Guinness World Records to his credit, I have had on hot dog eating world record holder Joey Jaws Chestnut. And little known fact, and I don't know if it's current or not, but I know he was when it went down. Who? Friend of show, fan favorite, Ted Reader, biggest hamburger that was then consumed. Napoleon built him a completely custom charcoal grill. I believe, uh, now I got to go off of memory. This was probably 10 years ago. Maybe not 10 years ago. Maybe approaching 10 years ago. Was it a 400-pound patty and then the bun was huge? I mean, imagine a hamburger and then times it by a billion. That was the size of the hamburger that Ted made. It's all on video. You can probably go to YouTube somewhere and check it out if you want to. And then they topped it and they had a whole bunch of people eat on it. So not not only was it a huge-ass burger, but it wasn't just for cosmetics. It was then consumed. So Ted Reader at one point had the largest burger then consumable for Guinness World Records. So at least two other Guinness World Record holders have guested on the show. By the way, George Shea and to your brother Shea, whatever his first name is, I'm asking for Joey Chestnut to be on the show to talk about him protecting the other competitor eaters. And he's not available. Joey Chestnut isn't available. What's he doing? Make it happen, Shea Brothers. Memo to you. 
All right, let's point to the second hour. We'll refresh libations, and we will then have conversations with Jess Priles and Jonathan Jones. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back.